This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio. The new AM740. The world doesn't need another sports show. It needs an awesome sports show. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. Neil, the boys are back. Let's talk sports. Good morning and welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. I'm your host, Walter Rigabon. As usual, with me in studio, my co-host, Naz Marchese. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. How are you this morning? I'm doing great. Thanks so much. Uh, Just to let our listeners know what's coming up this morning, uh, shortly after the first break, we'll be talking to Michael Traco, senior hockey writer for uh, Post Media News. And uh, everybody's starting to talk about the Leafs and Matthews and Marner and Nylander and Marlowe and... um, and hope is certainly at a high peak this year for the Toronto Maple Leafs. So we'll be talking to Michael Trakos after the middle of the hour. After our second break, we'll be talking to legendary football player uh, in these parts, Toronto Argos, also a legend with the Washington Redskins and the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame. Of course, I'm talking about Joe the Throw Theismann. So we're look, certainly looking forward to uh, speaking with him this morning as well. Naz, uh, we uh, were chewing the fat a little bit before the show, and uh, uh, the story that uh, you want to break open, uh, start off with this morning, is the Toronto Blue Jays, because you've got something on your mind. and They, uh, they need to sign Josh Donaldson now. Five years, give him the thirty million a year, and sign him now. I knew something was up when when you showed up with your Toronto Blue Jay hat this morning. And yeah. uh, once again, to our listeners, we do live stream at www.zoomerradio.ca. So Naz and uh, live and in color, wearing his Toronto Blue Jays hat this morning. Uh, I thought we had buried the Jays uh, a little while ago, Naz, but uh, you woke up this morning. You wanted to get something off your chest, Josh Donaldson is the issue, and you're of the opinion and assessment that uh, Shapiro and company should sign him for five years at $30 million. Right away. Get it over with. Okay. Get it over with? Yeah. Josh Donaldson, what, 32 years old? Yep. Uh, At the end of that contract, he'll be about 37, I guess. Yeah. Significant market value, I would presume. I'm not so sure it's $30 million. Perhaps you're right. Um, the guy's had 27 homers, and he missed 50 games. So he's a 40-home run guy. He was last year, too. He's, there's a couple of kids coming along, Guerrero and Bichette. They need, uh, Donaldson needs to be there with them. They'll be here either the end of next year or the beginning of 2018 or 19, sorry. And they need Donaldson in, in, on that team to help those kids out. And they'll be a contender again in two years. Well, a contender, uh, I guess the, the key to this Blue Jays team in the next couple of years, and depending on how old the arms get and what else comes up through the system, has 
you know, the last couple of years, their strength has been their starting pitching. Uh, yeah. Although this year they didn't have the year that they had the year before uh, through injuries and whatever. Uh, Sanchez basically lost the entire. He didn't pitch at all. He didn't pitch the entire year. Estrada and Hap uh, didn't have the years they had the year before. Um, uh, I, I, I would. Uh, I would think that there could be a bit of a bounce back in their game. So certainly they seem strong from a pitching perspective for next year, certainly the starting pitching. Uh, no, the relief pitching looks great now. Re- relief they, pitching looks great. So, yeah. you know, uh, Donaldson, five years, $30 million. I I would presume that's what his market value is. I mean, these guys go for big dollars nowadays. Uh, uh, and he's, uh, you know, MVP a couple of years back. Um, yeah, Naz. Uh, yeah, I, let's let's sign him up. Let's lock him up. Yeah, Why not? It's only they, money, they, right? It's not not coming out of our pockets, is yeah, it? Yeah, they need to replace Bautista, obviously, and they need to replace Tulowitzki. Somehow they've got to get out of that contract. I don't know how they're going to do it. But well, that's they need a t- to get out of that contract because <laughs> he is not the guy for this team. Um, $20 million. So there isn't a lot of market value there. Um, um, Tulowitzki was never the player um, when he came to the Jays that I think we expected him to be. Mm-hmm. He certainly in his in his in his in his when he came over, he solidified that infield. We had a hole at shortstop. He was good defensively, still good defensively, a little bit uh, maybe has lost half a step defensively. Uh, the bat never was what we expected it to be, was it, Nes? It was in and out the bat. Like he was he never hit for average here. That's for sure. He never hit for average. He had he had 15 homers, but he's slow on the base paths too. He doesn't beat out singles. He's not very quick, and his defensive uh, he was a great defensive player before, but now he's lost a bit. So I, I don't think he's there. Now they should do exactly what the Leafs did. The guys that are signed with they just wave them. It's, it's money. Rogers has lots of money. Wave him. It's $20 million. Yeah, I understand, but you can't have him play if he's hurting the team at $20 million. I don't care what he makes. It's $20 million or not. Uh, that's a lot he's of hurting, He's hurting the team. $20 million. I mean, You're you better find, off without him. You can find somebody to take him and absorb $10 million or whatever. It's gotta, yeah, there's got to be, you know, I mean, there's got to be some market for him somewhere. Yeah, the be. other thing they should do is uh, do like the Leafs did and hire the best coach possible. So the best manager out there to me is Terry Francona. He comes from the Shapiro regime before. Maybe we bring Terry Francona in and change a few things. You're dropping a couple of bombshells today, Naz. Uh, I'm not so sure Francona has any interest in coming to Toronto. I mean, these guys read the tea leaves. They want to go where they think they can win, or unless somebody's willing to pay him a, an exorbitant amount of money, like uh, like Mike well, Babcock. Babcock so, got eight million. Yeah, well, why not? Let's let's take the. There's no salary cap on on coaches, is there? No. Anyways, we've got to go to break. Uh, we've got Michael Trakos lined up, and we've got to get to him. So uh, we'll be back shortly. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville brought back the large five-topping pizza special for just thirteen ninety-nine for a limited time. I'm whispering because the last time Pizzaville brought back this special, there was pandemonium in the streets, pushing, shoving, biting. So order now and order often, and hopefully you won't have any bite marks when this is over. Call Pizzaville for the large five-topping pizza special at pound 3636 from your cell phone. There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. 
The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. Steel's Paint in Woodbridge, an enormous 20,000-square-foot superstore that carries nothing but the best. Superior staff, superior advice, superior selection, superior everything. When you have a really tough job to do, they can knock it down to size. They'll show you how to get it done right, and because they only sell the best of everything, you'll get it done to last. That means superior satisfaction. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge, the best. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada, and the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. The only thing I love more than sports is sports radio. Take it away, boys. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto on the new AM740. And if you're listening in downtown Toronto, we're also on 96.7 FM. And live streaming at www.zoomerradio.ca. We're pleased to welcome back to the Nazawali Sports Hour, senior hockey writer for Post Media Network and News, Michael Trakos. Good morning, Michael. Michael, do we have you? Michael? No, we don't... Uh... Don't seem to have Michael online. We'll try and uh, we'll try and connect with him once again. We might lost the connection. Anyways, uh, we're going to talk about the Toronto Maple Leafs now, Naz. So uh, uh, things are getting pretty exciting. Monday night against the Ottawa Senators. They're playing in Ottawa. Um, and uh, first game Monday night against Ottawa. And uh, the the buzzword this year is expectations. Uh, last year. There were absolutely no expectations on this team. Nobody expected them to make the playoffs. Nobody expected uh, Matthews and Marner and Nylander to become stars that quickly. Um, And they certainly, to a certain extent, overachieved last year. Now, this year, they're talking about Austin Matthews as being an MVP candidate. They're talking about uh, Matthews and Marner and Nylander and all the money they're going to have to pay them to sign them to to contracts. And um, so certainly the expectations on this team. Um, oh, I'm told by our producer, uh, Michael Trakos, do we have you on the line? Yeah, how's it going, guys? It's going great, thanks. Uh, it's, it's great to have you. Uh, listen, we were just, uh, Naz and I were just about to get into a conversation about the key buzzword that seems to be surrounding the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, this year, which is quotation marks, expectations. Last year, there were no expectations whatsoever on this team. Nobody thought they were going to make the playoffs. Uh, nobody thought they were going to achieve what they 
ended up achieving, and consequently, there wasn't a lot of pressure on these on these on these on this team last year. I think it's different. It's a different scenario this year. Uh, Michael, do you see uh, do you see a different level of expectations on this team this year? Michael, seems I've lost him on the <laughs> cell phone again. Oh, we lost We're Michael Trakos again. Phone. Okay, well. Uh, well, uh, well, I'm sure we'll get him back very, very shortly, and we'll give that another go. Um, Naz, last year the Leafs made the playoffs. Uh, right, the last uh, I think it was a it was a Saturday night game against the Penguins. Yeah, I remember that well. Yeah, that was uh, we game all, eighty-one. We were uh, together. Then. There, there's some famous pics circulating <laughs> around Facebook of me and Shannon and Tim and Sid at uh, you know uh, celebrating uh, celebrating that victory. Um, uh, that was your son's wedding, by the way. Um, so uh, this year it's different. Leafs, uh, Leafs rolled the dice last year, uh, and not rolled the dice in a, in a lottery sense, but everything seemed to go their way. No injuries. Yeah. Marner had, uh, uh, sorry, uh, Matthews had an incredible year. Uh, the amount of players they had with over 60 uh, points, uh, I think they outdid any other team in the league. Yeah. This year it's a little bit different. The expectations are a lot higher. How does that affect the psyche of a team? Well, I think they're going in with a positive attitude, and I think they'll be fine. But you know, the, we were talking about this a uh, few times last year that it's hard to make the playoffs now because Tampa Bay last year didn't make the playoffs, and they're picked as one of the Cup favorites. So, which team doesn't make the playoffs are the ones that made it, right? Anyways, we're going to give this another go. Uh, of course, we've got on the line Michael Trakos, the uh, senior hockey writer for Post Media News. Michael, have we got you this time? Yeah, we're having all sorts of difficulty. We'll we'll get back to it. Uh, producer, have we got him on the line? I, I can't hear him in my earphones. We're having some technical difficulty here. Naz, can you hear this? No. No. We're, uh, Michael Traco, sorry if we've got you on the line. Uh, we've got technical difficulty with our uh, earphones. You may, be, you may be talking to us and we just can't hear you. So... Uh, Unfortunately, uh, we'll, uh, why, don't we, uh, why don't we take a break now and see if we can resolve that and uh, come back to it and see what we can do. Um, can we go to break now? Okay. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville realised that people may not know how many different kinds of ponzos Pizzaville makes. You can go Italian if you like a sausage. You can go Hawaiian if you like ham and pineapple. And you can go Canadian if you like bacon, beer, and hockey. We can build a ponzo that speaks your language, no matter where you are from. Call Pizzaville at 736-3636 or visit pizzaville.ca. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues, price and cost. Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too. But the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics. On time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. 
At 20,000 square feet, Steel's Paint and Woodbridge is Canada's largest independent paint store. Big deal, right? Big deal, yes. The best brands, the best staff, the best advice, the best of everything. From color matching to brand selection, whether you're a pro or a DIYer, we'll look after you from the minute you walk in to the minute you walk in a second time as a completely satisfied customer. Big store, big deal, bigger satisfaction. Simple. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. Bridge. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Bond. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada, and the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour is a paid program. Opinions expressed on the show are those of Naz and Wally and their guests. Are they ever wrong about sports? I can answer that in two words. Impossible. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning. Welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are obviously live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. We've had a few technical difficulties this morning. We're going to give this one more shot. Uh, we're hoping to connect with Michael Traco, senior hockey writer for Post Media News. We'll see if we've resolved our technical difficulties. Michael, do we have you this time? Michael. No, we don't have them. I don't know what's going on here this morning, Naz. We're having difficulty uh, connecting, so uh, we'll give that a rest for a while. Uh, let's go back to talking. Uh, uh, seems like Michael's connection's coming in and out, but um, I can't hear him in my earphones. Naz, can you hear him? No, I can't. Okay, no. so let's uh, let's move on. Um, uh, we're talking about the Leafs and expectations, and... Uh, Certainly, it, it's totally different this year. Uh, so, the, uh, when you talk about a new season, given the given the season that the Leafs had last year with with Matthews, Marner, and Nylander, everybody expects these kids are going to get better this year, and that's why you know. And there's a front page, the Toronto Sun, the other day, in a Steve Simmons article where you know the 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 headline in the paper was "Plan the Parade." Uh, you know, Toronto hockey fans, I mean, we're so starved that uh, are we becoming uh, somewhat unrealistic? Uh, do we really think that this team's got a shot of winning the Stanley Cup this year? Well, well, Wally, if you look at the past maybe 15, 20 years, what least teams were given high expectations to win the Stanley Cup? Not too many. Like, the fans knew that the team wasn't a top team in the past. But they they think it now, and they should think it because it is true. They're a very talented team, and they could go pretty far. They could miss the playoffs, too, if they, if they get a lot of injuries like Tampa Bay did last year. Tampa Bay had a lot of injuries and, could, and didn't make the playoffs last year. So anything can what's happen. What's the upside to this team? We're, we're, what's, I mean, let's, let's oh, they're, talk Turkey they're, they're here. Can they sure. win the Stanley Cup? Let's sure look. they can win it. Edmonton they, could win it. Pittsburgh could win it. There's a bunch of them that could win it. It's wide open, really. They can win. And is that is that a get knocked out first round too? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, I tend to agree with you, Naz. They could very well win the Stanley Cup. Why can't they? uh, And they could very well easily miss the playoffs as well. And it's a combination of 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 a a bunch of different things. And let's break it down. Uh, Goaltending. 
uh, I think you and I are both of the assessment and the opinion that with with Anderson playing at the top of his game, he's good enough to win you a Stanley Cup. Yeah, he's, he's definitely no question. There. He's definitely. But there. but if he goes down at any point in this season for an extended period of time, Leafs are in trouble, aren't they? You're right. They are in trouble. But every other team last year, if it wasn't for Flurry backing up Murray. Because Murray was hurt most of last year, the Penguins may not have uh, made the playoffs, but he, they had another goalie, a top-notch goalie in, in the wings. Right? Most teams don't have that. The Leafs don't have it. Montreal, if Carey Price goes down, what happens to them? And look, LA had Quick go down early in the year. They didn't make the playoffs either. Okay. So goaltending is very important. Um, the point was made by some of the uh, some of the commentators that the obviously the future of the Toronto Maple Leafs is Matthews, Marner, Nylander. Um, they are three of the great young talents in hockey today. And the issue is, are they going to continue to progress into to become not just good players, are they going to become great players? And that's what separates uh, uh, a lot of these players who achieve success in their first year from the true uh, stars of the game. And, you know, just to mention a few of them, the progressions they made in their second year. Um, Guys like Gretzky, guys like Crosby, guys like McDavid, uh, players like Taves and Kane, uh, they all had better second years, significantly better second Matthews, years. Matthews is and, in And their group. careers just took off from there, and they became superstars in the game. There, there's a long history of players who've done very well in their first year and sort of stalled in their second year. Where do you see, where do you, what do you see happening with Matthews? I mean, it's pretty tough in today's NHL. To score 40 goals. Yeah, Matthews is there already. Right? Is, he's, is in Matthews McDa- a- he's in McDavid's category. He is. He was the best player in the NHL. He is the best player in the NHL at cycling the puck. You can't get it off him down low. He is nine, He was 19 years well, was old. He was 20 yesterday. I 20. Yeah. He was 19 years old at that time. And he was the best player in the NHL at cycling the puck down low. And he's so good defensively. You don't realize how good this kid is. Now, Nylander and uh, Marner are not in that class. They're not in that class, but they're the notch down from there. You know, and there's a bunch of players in the NHL at that at that level. But there, the league, there, there are some who are saying that Nylander's skills are as good as as good as anybody's. Yeah. On, on and let's say on the Leaf team, I mean, he doesn't have the physical presence of an Austin Matthews, but he's an incredibly talented hockey player. And then. You know, you watch Mitch Marner play, and, you know, sometimes when I'm down at the ACC, uh, I, I don't necessarily watch the, uh, watch the entire game. I'll focus in on one player. And I yeah. was at a game last year where I was, just, I was just watching Mitch Marner for a couple of shifts. Uh, not only is he an incredibly highly talented hockey player, he's an incredibly highly intelligent hockey player. And, and, and sometimes that separates the greats from the not-so-greats is is the level at which their mind operates 
And and that's what they used to say about Gretzky. If you actually watch Gretzky, he wasn't the most physically talented hockey player. Not the player. greatest skater, not the greatest you know, shooter. But you know, he was a good skater. Good he wasn't pass, a great good, skater. Great passing. He had a good shot. It was passing, okay, at a, at a level beyond, beyond, beyond. Um, but he wasn't, you know, Gretzky wasn't the greatest athlete out there. He certainly, to me, he never had the individual athletic skills of, let's say, a Mario Lemieux. Uh, but what separated Gretzky from the pack was what was his ability to think the game at a level that nobody else in the history of the game probably probably thought the game even at a higher level than Bobby Orr. Uh, Bobby Orr had greater physical skills, and I always put Bobby Orr as the number one player of all time just because of how he revolutionized the game from the back end and his skating skills and how he controlled the game. And just because you could control a game a lot more if you were a defenseman than, than a centerman. Uh, but Marner's he's, he's got it between the ears. Yeah, he's a pretty smart player. An incredibly smart player. So let's, let's, uh, let's see if we can analyze the season a little bit. Uh, the pickups, Marlowe, Hainsey, and Dominic Moore. Let's 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 do an analysis of those three pickups. The criticism about the Marlow. I I mean I'm, I have none. I, I have no problems to, with I the Marlow pickup. Uh, he did not have a. You know he's at at that age, thirty seven, thirty eight in that in that range where the skills start to diminish. But there's no evidence of that last year. He, he was still pl- operating at a very high level. And and Mike Babcock is no fool. Uh, Lou Lamorello is no fool. Uh, Lou Lamorello, uh, six million over three years, uh, saw an opportunity six point two five, I believe, saw an opportunity, and uh, I'm sure that the deciding factor in that was Mike Babcock. Marlow has played for Babcock uh, on a couple of Olympic teams. Um, he's, he's, you know, these these are highly um, intelligent people at analyzing player skills. And they've just made the determination he's value at six point two five million for well, three they picked, years. They, they picked up three experienced players to go with their young guys. It's very important to have that, and they do. And if they, if you if, if you don't think the Leafs are going after the cup this year, something you really wrong. think they're going after the cup? Oh, absolutely. They don't. You don't sign Patrick Marlowe unless you you know you got a shot. I really. think they. Um, I, you really don't, Wally. I, I I think in today's NHL, you raise an interesting point. Um. I think you have to operate from the assumption that, yeah, you're going to play to win the Stanley Cup. Um, if if the chips fall in a certain direction, you know, the reality is, as as we've seen, any team that makes the playoffs can make a serious run in the playoffs in today's NHL. Uh, that's been proven time and time and time again. You know, Stanley Cup winners don't necessarily come out of the number one seed. Uh, they don't often come out of the number eight seed, but you know it's 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 a it's a mixed bag of tricks once you get to the playoffs. And you get a hot goalie at playoff time, and and a couple of hot scorers, you know, and anything can happen. Um, I mean, you look at the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, once you're past Malkin and Crosby, mind you, you're talking two of the greatest hockey players of all time. It's a pretty good one-two punch. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, like, like, are there how many Hall of Famers exist after that? Uh, let, let's look at their lineup. I mean, good hockey players, well coached. I think the key to the Pittsburgh Penguins is how they're put together, and the Pittsburgh Penguins. I think uh, is it Jimmy Rutherford 
that that came back and when, when they got yeah. rid of Shiro and they, yeah. Jimmy Rutherford in his first year back. I think he understood, and I think he understands. He caught it a lot quicker. He's ahead of the curve in this sense that the game has changed like almost overnight. The L.A. Kings were the model franchise four years ago because they were big, strong, and angry. And I think Jimmy Rutherford understood really, really quickly, uh, ahead of everybody else, it's, it's not big and tough anymore. It's fast and quick. Yeah. And that's how he put that team together. And, you know, and, and, and even so on the, on the defense side of the a ledger, you know, uh, you know, they don't have that, you know, the, the, model, the model blueprint for building a Stanley Cup winner is you always had to have a Drew Doughty or you had to have a franchise defenseman. Yeah, they had Hainsey, didn't they? Right? Penalties, you had yeah. to have this, this rock at the back end. You know what? Pittsburgh Penguins have won the Stanley Cup two years in a row. And Chris Letang is and he, he wasn't even in the playoffs last year, but the year before. Chris Letang is a good defenseman. Um, I'm not so sure he's a great defenseman. Um, he's, he's pretty good. He's right? pretty good. He's and, up there. And, and I think the Toronto Maple Leafs, going back to the, the way the game is changed, it's, it's, I mean, it's changing incredibly quickly. It's not a power game. Um, it's, it's all about quickness and it's all about speed. And and that's you know you look at some of these Leafs uh, and they can fly. Uh, yeah, they can you, if you fly. if you can't skate in today's NHL, your days are gone. A little worried about their D, but you know it got by last year and it's got to get by this year. But I'm a little worried about their D. Well, uh, you know basically it's a Hunwick for Hainsey trade. Um, I kind of like that. Um, uh, Hainsey is slotted to play with uh, with Riley. Uh, that appears to be the um, and um, the suggestion is that's going to that's going to make Riley a better player. Um, and uh, Hainsey's experienced in the playoffs last year. He was playing almost twenty minutes a game yeah. under under the most intensive pressure. Um, so I, you know, if you if, if you consider that a one for one deal, Hunwick for Hainsey, uh, I'd, I'd make that deal any in, in, any time. The other guy, Dominic Moore, who's it's his second go round. Basically, that's Dominic Moore for Brian Boyle, isn't it? Yeah, I like Dominic Moore better. He can skate a lot better than Brian Boyle. Um, Much better skater fits the tempo of the the Leafs team. Brian Boyle really didn't fit last year. Yeah, uh, certainly. Um, I like Dominic Moore. I like him as a hockey player. He fills a lot of different roles. He's a great. He's a good skater. Mm-hmm. Say a great skater. He's a good skater. Uh, intelligent hockey player. Uh, veteran presence. Uh, my guess he's got um, he's a leader my, my sense is he, he'll probably be a leader in that dressing room um, good on the penalty kill uh, great fourth liner great fourth line center good uh, good good pickups from the Leafs I'm I think ga- he knows his role too which is yeah. important right? uh, I'm going to ask uh, I'm going to ask our producer to uh, we're not going to another commercial break uh, if you can get Joe Theismann on the line uh, uh, see if you can get him on the line and uh, we'd like to get to our Joe Theismann interview um, part, I mean, Leafs, it's, uh, the other sense I get from the Leafs is this is difference in this team that I've seen in, uh, previous editions of the Toronto Maple Leafs. They, they suddenly have some depth up front. Uh, and that's certainly, um, uh, the, the, uh, analysis of this team is they have 10 top nine forwards and it's been a long time. 
since the Toronto Maple Leafs have ever been in that position. Yeah, that's for sure. They, and they're they're up there. They probably have the most talented team up front in the, in the NHL overall. And uh, the kids, a couple of kids, uh, uh, see if there's going to be the one kid that I have an interest in to see what uh, what his role is going to be on this team. And he was very very valuable um, last year, right at the end of the right at the end of the season and in the playoffs. Was Kapanen, another highly skilled player. The problem with him is he's got options, and they have options to send him down without losing a player, and I think that's what's going to hurt him. I think he starts off with the Marlies, and possibly during the year he comes up. Um, Defense-wise, Polak. Polak. Roman Polak is circling around town, should the Leafs sign him. If he's healthy, why not? He, uh, he, you know, if they had him in the Washington series before he got hurt, if they had him for the series, that's, that series may have been the other way. Yeah. Because Pollock made a big difference. He's very physical in front of that, and they lost that when they lost Pollock. Anyways, uh, the, the Toronto Maple Leaf hysteria, I will call it, Naz, uh, seems, to be, uh, seems to be heating up uh, given the first exhibition game on Monday. I can't believe how crazy Toronto hockey fans are, but uh, certainly uh, it's going to be a prime topic of discussion, and the prime topic of discussion right now, we're pleased to... Have join us, uh, Toronto Argonaut legend, uh, Washington Redskin legend, and fighting Irish legend, Joe the Throat Theisman. Are you with us, Joe? Hello, Walter. Hi, uh, how are you this morning, Joe? I don't know Joe? if you can hear me, but I cannot hear you, unfortunately. You can't hear me. Joe, are you there? Oh, we're having all kinds of technical difficulties this morning, Naz. Yeah, we, we can hear him. We can hear you, Joe. That's the reverse of our last I'm interview. sorry, I can't hear anything. Can't hear anything. Uh, I'm going to ask our producer to work on that, uh, please, and uh, uh, we'll we'll have to come back to Joe Theismann. Uh, sir, it's some serious technical difficulties this morning, Naz. I don't know what's going on around here. Wow. Uh, let's. Uh, we were going to talk to Joe about uh, uh, various uh, things. It's difficult to uh, looking at my list of questions. Uh, have. Um, uh, we'd have to speak to him about, but let's talk about the NFL for a minute. Naz, Buffalo Bills. Uh, hopefully, our producer can work out those uh, those difficulties. The Buffalo Bills won twenty one twelve last week, and their defense looked terrific. Uh, they may not do as badly as we think they're going to do. Their defense is uh, pretty intact and uh, should should prove to be a low scoring game today against Carolina. And they're up against it against Carolina today. Yeah, they're up against the Carolina's a pretty good uh, football team. And they have Cam Newton, right? So that's an important part of uh, anybody's team that there's, is their quarterback. But the Bills should be okay. They should be okay. Yeah, hopefully uh, we look forward to that. Uh, Buffalo Bills, uh, what's your assessment of you see the defense as being better? Is that the formation that, uh, that uh, the new coach has put in place? Or talent-wise, what's, uh, what's going on? If you remember correctly, three years ago before Rex Ryan took over, the Buffalo Bills defense was ranked uh, one, number one against the Russian and number four against the pass. They went had one of the best defenses in the league. Ryan comes in, and the defense goes downhill. The, the personnel hasn't changed that much on that defense. They still have their key guys like Kyle Williams and Darius, right? So the Bills' defense was always there, but now they have a different coach, and uh, I think they'll be better. Anyways, we're going to check with our producer. Are our, our technical difficulties resolved at all? Uh, I'm going to try this again. We've, uh, I don't know. Uh, 
all kinds of difficulties this morning. Joe Theismann, are you on the line, sir? Joe? No, I don't know. Uh, Naz, we can't seem to... Fi- uh, we can't seem to figure it out this morning, so we'll have to we'll have to carry on. We'll have to apologize to uh, Michael Trakos and to Joe Theismann. Uh, uh, don't know what to say. Uh, Naz, uh, we're talking about the Buffalo Bills, and uh, you know we were going to talk to uh, Joe Theismann. The one question I had for Joe Theismann is the preliminary ratings for um, for the NFL the first season are down seventeen percent. ESPN's ratings are down huge, um, and the ratings were down last year as well. What's going on? The NFL, the NFL was the one marquee brand that what everybody thought was absolutely impervious, uh, and the most popular fanatic fans. Uh, but their ratings are down, and you well, were mentioning. Well, well, take a look at you're, San Francisco. You're mentioning in San Francisco, the brand new stadium. They had like twenty thousand people there last week. Like twenty thousand for an NFL crowd. The stadium was three quarters empty. Well, like, how does that happen? Like uh, an NFL team like San Francisco with a storied history in that. And they go into a new stadium, and they're drawing twenty thousand people on a Sunday. How does that happen? So there must be something to to this. Well, somebody's um, interestingly enough, they they now have two teams in L.A. Yeah, the Rams are playing the Redskins today, and I believe it's the Coliseum. And apparently, they're they're expecting a crowd of fifty to fifty five thousand in a ninety thousand stadium. Now, I get the part about the Coliseum may not its its usefulness as an NFL stadium is significantly in the past. And they've got a new stadium coming, a new spanking brand new stadium coming on stream in uh, 2020. And it's going to be state of the art, just like the one in Dallas. So, you know, maybe the interest will will uh, will will peak at that time. Um, But still, you know, the Rams are back in L.A. and. Stadium or no stadium, you'd think they'd be able to attract more than 50,000 people. I'm, I'm I don't wonder, get it. I'm wondering if baseball's ratings are, are up. That'd be an interesting observation to see if baseball's ratings are up because I think they are. I think baseball's become more popular again, where the NFL was at its, was very, very, very popular, and it's somewhat calmed down, right? But Major League Baseball seems to be on the rise, and that may be it. They may be going to baseball instead of uh, football. Yeah, my my guess is with the with the Rams, um, it's 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 a stadium issue, and and perhaps the NFL has gotten to the stage where, um, you know, if you don't have a good team, um, uh, you're not gonna you're not gonna necessarily be guaranteed a sellout, um, which may be something new uh, for the NFL. Uh, now they actually have to. You know they got to market their fans, and 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 you have to have uh, you want to fill a stadium. Um, if if the product isn't on the field, maybe it's not going to be as easy as it as it's been in the past. I mean, you remember when we had the the Toronto the Buffalo Bills and Toronto series here? Everybody assumed because it was the NFL, everybody just automatically assumed. Oh my! Everybody's going to go crazy to buy tickets, and it didn't happen. But Buffalo's not Toronto's team, and that's well. It, it's right? not Toronto's team. There's it was not Toronto's team. There's not no rooting interest. 
Well, there is uh, by certain Bills fans, but there's— Not enough to fill the Rogers no. Center. Exactly. And there's like, what, 55,000? You couldn't fill the Rogers Center. Their crowds were forty to 50,000. Yeah. And, and aside from the fact that it was a horrible place to, uh, to watch a football game. Um, but San Francisco, uh, I'm shocked. I'm shocked that they, uh, with the history of that franchise— well, we have speaking of uh, places, uh, stadiums to go see, uh, BM, BMO Field, the Argos. What the heck is that all oh. about? Thirteen thousand. You were, were going to bring that up today, oh, absolutely. Thirteen thousand fans going to an Argo game, and they're going to go to the Grey Cup probably and represent the East. And they have thirteen thousand fans. You mean to tell me there's not more than thirteen thousand fans out there to watch the game? Well, there That's weren't. Brutal. There, well, there weren't thirteen thousand fans at BMO yesterday, were there? Thirteen thousand one twenty-six. That's it. Well, isn't that you know coming back to CFL in Toronto? Okay, we've had this. We've had this discussion for I don't know how many years, and certainly we've been on the air four and a half years, and we've talked about the Argos uh, during during the CFL season consistently since we've been on the air, and you and I have both thrown our two cents into the mix. We've had discussions with, uh, you know, we had Michael Copeland, the president of the Argos or uh, whatever his position is uh, on the air. We talked to him. Um, we've had the, I uh, can't remember the gentleman's name, Jeff Johnson. Jeff Johnson. Okay. Yeah. Uh, who's the uh, color commentator on TSN radio for yes. the Argos. Okay. We've, we chatted with him a couple of times. We've chatted with ex-CFLers. We've had Bill Simons. We've had Pete Martin. We've had Angela Mosca. Uh, you know, the form, the, the you know the greats from from days back, trying to figure out what's wrong with the CFL in Toronto, and we've come up with, we came up with um, all kinds of different solutions, you know, and sometimes uh, sometimes the opinions are worth what you pay for them, and they're not paying us for them, so the, who knows what our opinions are worth, but we come up with all these scenarios, and we've been mentioning it for four years on the air, four and a half years. One dates. We hated the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday games. We always said Saturdays, late afternoon, Sunday afternoons. That's when you want to get families down there. You don't want to be bringing two small kids home at ten thirty on a weekday night or ten o'clock on a weekday night and fighting the traffic to get down here at seven o'clock. They sort of listen to that because most of their games now are on weekends. Uh, tailgates doesn't work in Canada. It just doesn't work. Uh, it's not the same culture. Doesn't work in Toronto. Doesn't work in Toronto. Uh, the whole concept of you got to go buy your liquor from, you got to go buy your beer from somebody else. And if you're only getting 13,000, you're getting 100 people at a tailgate, you're losing compl- the complete atmosphere of what a tailgate is. Uh, you know, you go, go to these tailgates at some of these NFL games or even the college games in the States. I mean, those are, those are, those are parties at which 20,000, 30,000 people are a part of. You got more people at the tailgates than you do at the games. So that doesn't seem to be working all that well, although we do compliment them for, for giving it a go. Uh, the number one concept to bring CFL football back into the consciousness of Toronto people was the stadium. Rogers was just a horrible place to watch a football game, whether it was a CFL game, whether it was an NFL game. Anybody who ever watched football says you can't make a go of it. Okay, but they drew, so we they go to, drew better at Rogers. They drew that I cannot understand. Uh, that one somebody's got to explain that one to me. Um, but now they're at BMO, and BMO is a fantastic facility. I just think you know, it's a fantastic facility. 
Well, there's no excuse for yesterday. They, the school's back. The temperature was 85 degrees outside. It was a 4 o'clock afternoon game. The Jays are in Minnesota. So what's the excuse? I don't know. The excuse, I'll tell you fans? what the excuse is. I don't, I don't want to use the word excuse. We're trying to analyze this. Um, I mean, I guess sometimes uh, sometimes you can sell the sizzle and not the steak, but sometimes you've got to have the steak. Um, the Argos, yeah, but the Argos have no sizzle and no steak. <laughs> okay, Wallet. that's, that's both, the problem, okay. right? Well, the product that they – mind you, they give them credit. They beat a good team yesterday. Uh, they beat the Eskimos yesterday, uh, 36-20. Yeah, Edmonton went, went, out, went out 7-0, and they've lost their last four or five okay. games. So they were, they no, but they won. You know, they give, we'll win. give the Argos credit. They won the game yesterday. And they have a good coaching staff, for sure. And uh, they've got a good coaching staff. It's you know So uh, the reality is uh, it seems to be um, if you don't put up good product out there, there are so many competing demands on your dollar. Uh, nowadays, maybe that's the difference, that you're going to allocate your hard-earned dollars to, to a product that you appreciate the product. And, you know, quite frankly, the Argos haven't been that great this year. Last year, the second half of the season, they stunk um, to be charitable. Um, if you want to create a buzz around a team, you need you need a good product, you need a winner, and you need um, you need players that have um, what, what, some cachet, some, you know, like I, I can't name you um, that many players who actually play on the Argos. So you, you're, you're, you're attracting the passionate, fanatical Argo fans, and there's not doesn't appear to be that many of them because you may have lost an entire generation or two generations. Now, as you and I, you know, when we grew up, the CFL was huge. It was huge, yeah, it was right? It was as big as the NFL up until maybe the mid-80s. I remember an inter-squad game selling out. Yeah. And uh, certainly, um, um, and that's that's changed. So now, you know, we used to know all the players way back when, and now we don't. Um, now, is it my responsibility? You turned me from, you know, I used to be a passionate a CFL fan, and I've sort of become more of a casual CFL fan. And I think once you're beyond that really, really solid core base of fans, you haven't got anything there that's attracting the casual fans. Now, if you had a winning team and you had some personalities on the team that were recognizable. The problem is that the Argo fans, the guys that are the fans that are out there, for the most part, there are some young people out there, but for the most part, the guys that care about the Argos at all are the guys our age, right, from 45 and up when they saw CFL football and went and were entertained. As we get older, there's other things to do too, right, and you don't get involved as much. And I think that's the issue, right? They, they, I don't know how they hit the young guys. I don't know. I don't, I don't know how. Well, young get. people, you, you know. You go, they'd rather go to a soccer game or an NBA game or a Leaf game. Well, the soccer the game, other. you know, TFC, you know, talking about TFC, another incredible result last night. They beat uh, the L.A. Galaxy 4 nothing, and interestingly enough, they won that game in L.A., and they were they didn't bring Jovenko and Altador out west with them, and they still won that game 4-0. They're on track. They're on track to have the, mo- the most points ever 
in an MLS season. They are on track to be the best team ever in the history of MLS. That's what they're on track for. And, yeah. The, you know soccer, the soccer guys could have taken probably t- have taken soccer, something from the Argos. But the soccer crowd is a little different than the Argo crowd. In what, sense? in what sense? I don't think there's too many that are the same fans of both. If you know what I'm well, saying. Well, I think it's a demographic yeah. issue. Uh, unfortunately for the Argos, uh, for whatever reason, uh, they haven't attracted their share of young fans. They haven't grown with the younger generations. I, my guess is their demographic is highly skewed towards, you know, people of our generation as the over, yeah. over 45s, over 50s. Yeah. And that's not a good thing. You know, if you want to grow your product, you know, you better start selling it to young people because that's your future. And and how and I think TFC understood that, um, you know, TFC, there's a vibe at their games that is that is I mean, it's fun to be there. And they've managed to create that that European concept of soccer, uh, you know, with the scarves and. And with the end zone where, you know, uh, people are standing, they're chanting, they're singing, um, how they were able to create that or if that just evolved naturally, I, I, I mean, I don't know. But TFC certainly are, are a big beneficiary of that. And in terms of turning the franchise around, um, I mean, TFC was in the doldrums. They were lousy. They were horrible. You got to give MLSC credit. They did spend the money. For yeah, and team, the though. guy you got to give credit to, and you know uh, whether you like it or not, is Tim Lewicki. He he, I think he understood. Uh, he saw what MLS could be through his you know through his time in LA, and you know he brought in. He understood that, and this is Bruce McNall going back to Bruce McNall, the theory that you got to have a star. You gotta, you gotta have, you gotta have a star, and I guess the first year was that guy they brought in that I uh, was it Defoe, Jermaine Defoe. Jermaine Defoe. Okay. He didn't and then they, and then after they brought Bradley in, and then they brought Javenko in. But you know they who they got for Defoe, right? You know who was sent to Toronto FC was um, Altador. Altador came, came, came yeah. from right. Defoe. So, you, you, so we ended up getting a bonus there. Yeah. So the, I think they understood in the sports. Sports is ultimately entertainment. Yeah. We've said it a zillion times. Sports is sports, but it's also entertainment. You have to be entertained. And and the best way to be entertained is you have to have players who are recognizable, that are a brand, that are superior in their skill set to other people in the league. And if they've got some personality to go with it, even better. You know, here's an interesting question for you. When was the last time you were at a Grey Cup party? And when was the last time you had a Super Bowl party? Oh, Super Bowl party every year. A Great Cup party, I can't remember. Exactly. Probably so Great Cup party, that, I will tell you. What does that tell no, you? No, no, about... no. I will tell you the last time I was at a Great, par- great Cup party, the Flutie years in Toronto. Doug Flutie. Okay, what is that? Uh, the Argos. They won. They won it two years in a row? 97, yeah. right? And that was probably the last time you had a serious buzz about the Argos years. in the city. And but why? You know, because Flutie, you had Doug Flutie. But when Flutie played, they didn't draw either. I remember going to games, and yeah. I was in a box one time, and the stadium was half empty for Doug Flutie. And, uh, Doug Flutie and the, and the yeah. Argos were winning every game back yeah. then. But at least you knew what was going on. 
Yeah, now I know you do. You really it just goes to show you. Yeah. Great cup party. I haven't been to one in 35 years. Anyways, we only have a couple of minutes left. And once again, I want to apologize to our listeners. We, we had hoped to have Michael Trakos and Joe Theismann on. We actually were able to connect with them on the phone and for technical reasons. In, uh, in the studio here, we weren't able to get those conversations out through the mics. So our apologies for that, and uh, I'll have to apologize to Michael Trakos and Joe Theismann as well. Uh, Naz, it's 30 years ago, uh, a couple of days ago, um, Canada Cup 1987. Um, we've got two minutes to chat about it. Um, everybody remembers the Mario Lemieux goal. Cops Coliseum. Cops Coliseum. Uh, some people are calling it the greatest hockey Games. They actually call Game Two of that game one of the greatest hockey team ever, greatest hockey game ever played. They're calling the Canadian team and the Russian team the two greatest hockey teams of all time. In a minute, Naz, your analysis. Yeah, I don't disagree. The talent was all there. They were drawing from everywhere, and the best teams played back in '72. The Canada didn't have its best team on on the ice. But the, those two teams, the Russian team was incredible. Well, the Russian that. team had Fatisov, Krutov, Makarov, Baikov, Larianov. Uh, they called them the Green Five. Or I, I can't remember who the second guy was playing defense with Fetisov. But, um, of course, we had Gretzky and Lemieux at the height of their careers. Playing together. Playing together on the incredible, same line. Incredible. Um, what, what people, uh, I don't I didn't say forget, but I, I'm, I'm reminded of it. Uh, because there were reports this week. It was a two-game, sorry, it was a three-game three best two out two, of three. three. Correct. All three games ended in the same score, six to five. The Russians won the first game in overtime. The Canadians won the second game in double overtime. In all three of those games, one of the teams came back. They were either down 3 nothing or 4-1. to one. Uh, In one of the games, the Russians came back. In one of the games, the Canadians came back. Um, all the games featured late goals. Um, there were a late goal in game one, a late goal in game two to force overtime. Uh, and, of course, the late goal in, in game three was the infamous Lemieux goal, and that game didn't go to overtime. So in terms of a two out of three series, uh, in terms of a three game, uh, it's uh, I could argue the 76 team was better because of defense, and I've, and I've got to cut this argument off really quickly, unfortunately, because we're out of time. Uh, but in terms of pure hockey, three games with three teams, with two teams at the absolute top of a talent pool, um, I think the argument is well, those were the best three games in hockey history. Most exciting back games. To back to Most back. exciting games for sure. Yeah. They were all exciting and uh... They were great games. Yeah, certainly uh, 30 years ago this week. It's hard to believe where the time went. Anyways, it's uh, another uh, week for the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. Once again, our apologies to uh, to our listeners uh, for not being able to get Joe Theismann and Michael Trakos on the air. Uh, well, hopefully we'll resolve those difficulties by next week. And uh, Naz, last word. Go Bills, go. 2-0 and o today. <laughs> We'll be back again next Sunday morning. Thank you so much. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.